Welcome, Schmodown fans, to episode 15 of Talkin' Schmodown. I am Josh the Merc Rayner, editor-in-chief of Merc with a Movie blog, and I am here to bring you all the great news in the world of the Schmodown for the week. We had a couple of really great matches this week, uh, and some big news that actually dropped on uh, on the website. So I really, I just really want to jump right into it, because we... Talking Schmodown. Let's get ready to Alright, welcome back everybody. I'm so excited to get into everything. Uh, so, we're going to jump right into the news. Uh, first off, the Rocky Exhibition match between Tom Dagnino and JTE is now available to all patrons. So, if uh, if you're interested in seeing this Patreon-exclusive match, please be sure to head on over there to the Movie Trivia Schmodown Patreon page and sign up. You can sign up at the $1 per month level and you'll have access to to this match right now. Be sure to do that. And the big news that dropped this week is that they are making new belts, that they have made new uh, championship belts for the three main leagues. And you can go over to TriviaSD.com and see uh, what these new titles look like. I think they look, look great. They're designed by Brian Ward. Uh, who did a great job. My favorite, personally, is the uh, new Inner Geekdom belt. I think it looks amazing. That is a belt I would buy uh, a replica of myself. It, I think he did a fantastic job uh, with that one, and with, with all the belts, really. But that one, it just it stood out to me as a, a fantastic-looking belt. So head on over to TriviaSD.com and check out those new belts. And let me know what you guys think of uh, the new designs as well. And be sure to let Brian Ward and Christian know uh, what, what you think of them as well. All right. This week on, uh, I should say last week, on Inside Schmodown, we had John the Outlaw Roca as the guest. Uh, it was a really good episode. He talked a lot about his past rivalries, uh, particularly with uh, William the Beast Bibiani. He talked about how he feels uh, heading into the triple threat match against Bibbs and Ethan, which I'll talk about later. Uh, he called out the haters who've been calling him a transitional champ because he hasn't you know, been able to defend a title uh, the, two t- you know, the two times that he's had the title, which it, it's, it's definitely not something that, that should be said. I understand where they're coming from, but... You don't, it's just, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not okay to do that. You know, yeah, maybe he hasn't been able to, uh, successfully defend those titles, but that does not make him any less, uh, of a great competitor. You know, the fact that he's had two singles titles and a tag team title, that shows you 
that he is one of the elite players in this in this game. You know, and sometimes you know you have a bad match. You look at William Bibiani; he didn't you know hold that title for very long. You know, there are lots of people who don't go on to have great careers. Uh, you know, who there's lots of people who in the six seasons of this game have never and probably will never win a title. Yet Roca has held has been a title holder three separate times. So, uh, you know, to to call him a transitional champ even if, you know, the facts may be true that he hasn't been able to, you know, that he hasn't successfully defended it, that's it's 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 so just wrong to sit back on your couch and judge him that way when you have no idea what it takes to compete at the level that he does. So just, you know, just sit back and enjoy and stop being trolls out there, people. There are better things in life than being trolls. Uh, he also talked about his future in teams with uh, the Founding Fathers, with his teammate Dan Merle. Uh, he said that uh, Corruption should change their name to Team Korai Baby, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, it made me laugh. I had to pause the video because it just it hit me in just the right way, and I just couldn't stop laughing. It was really funny. Uh, and he talked about the upcoming match against Double Toasted, uh, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. That is, I believe, at the Houston show, uh, where you, you will also see uh, Ben Bateman versus Andrew Guy. That's next month. Yeah, this was a this was a really I think this was a really good interview. Um, I love seeing Roca on stuff. He he really, you know, he really plays up the the whole outlaw gimmick, which is fun. But he's also just a real cool guy to to, to hear talk about stuff. He really, you know, he's real passionate about the things that he loves. So it's always interesting to to uh, listen to him talk about stuff. Um, but on a side note about the show itself, I noticed something. Um, over, over the weeks that I've been, you know, the couple of months that I've been doing this show and, and covering Inside Schmodown, I've noticed that the views on this show, the views, likes, and comments are just way too low on these shows. So if you are fans of the movie trivia Schmodown, and if you're listening to this, I would assume that you are, go and watch these shows. They're only like 10 to 15 minutes usually. And it really gives you, you know, a, you know, for lack of a better word, an inside to the, you know, g- let you peek inside the schmodown. You know, it gives you some great insight into these characters, these players, into the game itself. Uh, and I mean, just I really think people need to to go and check that check out this show more. Uh, it's it's right on YouTube. You know, you don't have to be a patron in order to watch it. So just get over there and, and check it out, you know. It's free to you. So, hey, people always complain that they want free content. They don't want to pay for stuff. Well, here's some great free content that's not going to take up a ton of your time. Check it out and share it with your friends. Be, be sure to do that as well. All right, so we're going to jump into match number one which is the Jonathan Harris versus JTE stipulation match. And the stipulation being, if JTE wins, he and Lon will reform their team, the Evil Geniuses, with Jonathan as their manager. 
But if Jonathan wins, he gets to choose JTE's next teammate. So let's jump into it. Uh, we got an opening scene. We saw Roka and uh, Ben Bateman talking in the back. R- you know, just just out of the, you know, watching his body language and everything, you can just tell that, and, and the things that he says, that he just does not trust Ben. That Roka does not trust Ben. But Ben says that, you know, he he's not trying to get into the horseman. This isn't something that he, he doesn't want the horseman. But that they do have a common enemy in Andrew Guy, and that they are on the same side of this war. So, you know, it, and it seems that after this conversation, you know, they, they show Roka uh, kind of standing there, and it seems like he may be rethinking his stance on Ben. Uh, I'm interested to see if he eventually, you know, offers a spot to Ben on the Horsemen. Um, so, I mean, as long as Ben stays on the path of the face uh, and, and doesn't slide back to being a heel, I think it could be uh, he could be a good addition to the Horsemen. Um, I, I if he does join the Horsemen, I really don't want him to eventually turn because they've done that they've done that storyline a few times um and and i'm just not i'm not really interested in seeing another horseman turn on the group so if they go the route of having ben join i just don't want to see uh him turn on them you know so that that's just that's my opinion uh what do you guys think is it something that you'd be interested in seeing and if not who would you like to see join the horseman uh drop down in the comments and let me know so this is Jonathan uh, Harris's singles debut. This is the first match that he'll be fighting in singles, and uh, whereas JTE is a is a veteran of this game, he's been there from the start, and he is eight and nine at this point with one knockout. So out first was Jonathan Harris with his brother Lon, and then uh, next comes JTE. He actually got quite the applause when he came out uh, for here. For he, you know, he's always been you know a heel, really. So it's interesting to see him get the amount of applause that he did. So I, I guess everybody was just really glad to see him back in action because he's been out for so long. So we hop into round one. They both get their first question right. Then we ha- heading into the second question. Uh, and this one made me laugh, actually. The question was, who played the titular character in the film Selena? The answer, of course, was Jennifer Lopez. But, and, and, and you may be thinking, you know, if you hadn't hadn't watched this yet, or, I mean, I grant you, if you hadn't watched it yet, I'm not sure why you're listening to me, but um, usually it tends to be JTE who messes things up, who gets... You know, those kind of funny answers uh, that people like to make fun of. But right off the bat here, you get Jonathan Harris doing this. Um, apparently, it seemed like he didn't understand the question fully. And instead answered, Edward James Olmos. And I have to agree with Christian. That would be a very different movie to see Edward James Olmos playing uh, Selena. So, very, very different movie there. So, we um, kind of push forward JTE uh, and, and Lon, you know, going kind of going back and forth, you know, getting some points, missing a few points here and there. 
we get to question number seven, which was who starred as Rick, Lou's inexperienced assistant in Nightcrawler. And this is where we get our first JTE flub. And the answer was Riz Ahmed. JTE wrote something down. I'm not totally sure what it you know what it said because you know his handwriting is not that great. But he said Ahmad Razid. Even though it looked like from the board, it looked like the the Razid or whatever part of of his answer was written first, and the Ahmad part was written second. But he said it backwards. He says Ahmad Razid. Obviously wrong. Even if he had said it the other way around, Razid Ahmad, wrong. Um, and then Jonathan uh, answers Riz Ahmed, which is the correct answer. But he did write it wrong. He wrote down Rez Ahmed. Uh, and Christian even, even pointed that out. Uh, but Ken pointed out that he did say Riz Ahmed. Uh, and since JTE did not say the name correctly in, in, at all, the fact that Jonathan was able to say the name correctly trumped the spelling error, and Christian gave him the point. And so we wind up ending round one, six to five, in favor of JTE. You know, so it's really a, a close match right there. Only one point difference. Uh, so it's really at this point it's anybody's game. So we hop into round two. JTE spins action adventure and and stays, which makes sense. That's one of his strengths. Uh, and he does eh, not great, really. He gets four out of eight points, uh, answering two for two out of four questions. Um, goes multiple choice on question two and misses, allowing uh, Jonathan to get a steal for one point. And uh, in his final question, he misses, and uh, Jonathan misses as well. So he does not; he's not able to uh, capitalize on that steal uh, there. Uh, so with JTE getting four points and Jonathan getting one out of a steal, it ends that portion of the round, ten to six, and we hop into Jonathan's turn, and he spins Pixar. He seems confident in that, and he stays. Though he, too, doesn't do great. He does get three out of the four questions correct, but he did have to go to multiple choice on two of them, getting four out of a possible eight points, just like JTE, and allowing JTE to get a steal for one point. So essentially, round two just kind of evened itself out. They both got four points, and they both got a one-point steal. So it really didn't matter uh, at that level. Round two was kind of a wash for them. Uh, round two ends 11 to 10 in favor of JTE. Still a one point difference. Um, re- re- like I said, really round two was a wash. It didn't really matter. Um, then we hop into round three. Jonathan Harris hits his two pointer. They just kind of go back and forth. He, he hits his two, JTE gets his two. Jonathan gets his three. JTE gets his three. So then it comes down to the fives. And Jonathan Harris is unable to capitalize and get his five-point question correct, ending the game 16-15 to 15 in favor of JTE. JTE, on his uh, singles return, wins the match. He is now 9-9. Nine and nine. 
And Jonathan, unfortunately, in his singles debut, is now uh, 0-1. The evil geniuses will now reunite with Jonathan as their manager. Uh, In the back during the interview, the Harris brothers, uh, they're really good at improv together. I know that Jonathan, that's like kind of something that he does on the regular. Um, But they're both really good at it, actually. Um, But to be honest, because of how good they are and how JTE, that's not his thing. He doesn't really improv. He just, he he plays the heel and he pushes it that way, but he doesn't play the jokey uh, kind of thing. He kind of plays the a-hole kind of character instead. And so it made the interactions between the them and JTE, or at least between Jonathan and JTE, kind of awkward to me. It just felt like JTE was like just trying to shut them down and not play along uh, for the sake of the game, uh, for the sake of the show. Uh, so I, I I don't know what was going on there. I just didn't feel something. Something felt off. Um, I have no I have no clue how this pairing is going to work. It's it's uh, like they seemed like a decent pairing in the Anarchy tournament in the match that they did, but having Jonathan there also as their manager, uh, especially because it's obvious that JTE doesn't respect uh, Jonathan and he's not willing to listen to Jonathan either. So I'm interested to see how they manage to make this whole thing work. I'm excited to see JTE back in action. Uh, and I, I'm intrigued to see how far the evil geniuses really go in the league. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm interested to see what happens going forward. So let me get into match two. This is the triple threat number one contender match between William Bibiani, Ethan Irwin, and the outlaw John Roca. We get an opening scene. It's Brendan Meyer, the kid. Brendan Meyer and uh, Bibiani, they're in the back talking. Brendan kind of fawning over the beast. Uh, and it, I'll be honest, it's kind of it's a somewhat awkward interaction, really. Um, I'm interested to find out where this leads. I'll talk a bit more about it uh, when I get to the ending scene. They touch on it a little bit more there. Or uh, not the ending scene, during the, uh, in, the, the interview, the post-interview. I'll talk a little bit more uh, about it there. So out first comes uh, Bibbs. He does a Price is Right entrance, which was cool. He came out from the audience, had the big uh, Price is Right tag with Bibbs uh, written on it. I thought it was fun. I love that he's been really uh, stepping up his game this season, uh, doing you know cool, crazy entrances like for every match. I love it. I think it's great. There are going to be so many options for the Schmodown Awards next year uh, for for best entrance. I feel like he's going to at least get a couple uh, of a couple of nominations for best entrance because he's do- been doing so many, and there are some fantastic ones. So I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the year. I mean, it's only April, so we've got it's only a third way third of the way through the year. We still got eight more months, so I'm, I'm excited. So second up. Is Roca comes out? He's all business. Goes over. He kisses his lady, which was cool. It's not something that you usually see. Uh, it was nice to see her there, you know, cheering on her man. And he decides that Bibbs is gonna stand. He's gonna stand too. So I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Then out third is uh, Ethan. Comes out with Jay Washington. Uh, he, you know, he shows respect to everybody. Jay as well. You know, they shake everybody's hands, which is cool. And he decides, you know what? He's going to sit. He doesn't need to prove anything. He's not going to stand. So I thought that was pretty funny as well. So we're getting to round one. And this is a real back and forth, you know. Um, Roka misses the first question. But then, from then on, boom, boom, boom. Everybody continues uh, right down the line getting questions right. Uh, up until the final question. Um, Bibiani managed to pull out the only perfect round. Answering the following question. Uh, the, it was the final. It was question number eight. A young boy and his sister struggle to survive in war-torn Japan in this acclaimed Studio Ghibli film. The answer was uh, Grave of the Fireflies, and neither Roka nor Ethan uh, were able to answer this one, but Bibiani did, giving him that perfect round. Uh, and so he, it was him and him alone got the uh, bonus question, which was in Tootsie, who plays the role of George Fields, Michael's agent, to which he correctly answered Sidney Pollock, ending uh, the first round, uh, Ethan seven points, Bibbs nine points, and Roka trailing with six points. So Bibbs uh, is up ahead of Ethan by two and ahead of Roka by three at the end of round one. That perfect round and bonus question really did uh, did, did good for him. All right, so when we get into round two, uh, Bibiani's up first. He defers to Ethan, who decides to go up and spins 90s and stays. He starts off the round kind of rough, getting the first question incorrect uh, and giving Bibiani a steal for two points. Ethan challenges that uh, Kermit the Frog is an it and not a who, but was overruled by the judges saying that it is the character. It didn't have to be uh, the actor, but they also, he's, uh, or, uh, Mark did say that they would have accepted the voice actor who, you know, who played, who voiced Kermit as well, but because it was the character of Kermit who played, um, I believe it was Cratchit in the Muppet Christmas Carol that uh, it, it it counted, and so he did not get that point, and Bibbs got the steal. Uh, Ethan went on to answer all three of his other questions for two points each, which is definitely good for him. He needed the points, and it's nice to see that that first question, getting it wrong, and and getting the challenge overruled didn't throw him off his game. That happens a lot to players where... You know, they they challenge something and it gets overruled and then they get upset about it. It's happened to Roka, speaking of, since he's in this match. It's, I've seen it happen to Roka. I've seen it happen to, uh, like, Jeff Snyder. And they kind of, like, give up after they lose the challenge. I've seen it happen a few times. But Ethan did not do this. He, you know, he did not agree with the ruling. But he let it go and he went on to smash the rest of his round getting six points out of eight, uh, three out of four questions, ending his portion of the round uh, with 13 points, Bibbs with 11 points, and Roka still at six. 
Uh, goes back to Bibbs, who then again defers over to Roka. Roka spins sports movies and stays, of course. This is, uh, you know, a, in general, it's a strength of his. However, we have seen in the past uh, when he, I believe when he was playing Ethan, uh, that he would he landed on sports movies and did not do great. Again here, not great. He did a total of four points out of the possible eight. Went to multiple choice twice. Did three. He did answer three out of the four questions, but like I said, he had to go to multiple choice twice. Uh, he missed his second question, but everybody missed the question as well. So, uh, you know, luckily for him, nobody was able to uh, get the steal because that would have been two point steals for uh, both of the uh, uh, his competitors. So, luckily for him, at least. Uh, at this stage in the game, he did not, or that they did not get those steals. So that ends Roka's portion of this round with Ethan at 13, Bibbs at 11, and Roka up to 10, still trailing, which is not where you want to be, especially when uh, Bibbs still has questions to answer. That's It's definitely he... This round was rough for him. He, if if he had done better, who knows what would have happened? But definitely not where you want to be going uh, into the, another competitor's set of questions. So Bibiani goes up, spins disaster movies, decides to respin. Wasn't feeling that one, and lands on opponent's choice. So Roka and Ethan they go up and they're talking. They're you know they're conferring a bit. And they, you know, after a bit of consultation, they decide to give him the the category that he passed on, which was, like I said, disaster movies. Honestly, I don't know what I would have gave him. I feel like the only thing, because Bibbs has such a wide breadth of knowledge that I find it difficult to find just like a single category that he's not going to be good in. So, like, the thing that popped into my mind, because I saw it on the wheel, was mixed bag. Mainly because you don't know where it's going to come from. The problem is, it could it could all be questions that he knows and could get eight points out of that, you know? So, it's real difficult. But since he did pass on disaster movies, it, I think it was, in general, a smart decision to give him that category even if it didn't quite work out for the two of them in the end, because Bibbs went on to answer all four of his questions, not allowing any steals for a total of six out of eight points, going to multiple choice twice, and ending round two, Ethan with 13, Bibbs with 17, and Roka trailing by quite a bit with 10 points. This is a rough, uh, rough round for... Uh, Roka, he's behind the point leader, seven points. That's that's a huge deficit going into round three, and I, I'm not sure what the stats are. I don't know how many, if any, have come back to win a match uh, when trailing seven points going into the last round. Uh, hit up Frankie Numbers and, and and find that out if you're if it's that's something that you're interested in. I I do know that it's it's in general coming back or coming into round three with like more than a five point deficit it's almost guaranteed that you're not going to win it's very very low percentage of people who have actually come back 
and one with with that kind of deficit. So we go into round three. Uh, what I thought was funny, I don't usually mention the numbers that people choose. Uh, it's just it's kind of doesn't matter at that point. So I don't usually pick it or choose to talk about it. But today I thought it was really funny because Bibi Hani chose 17, 13, and 10, which were the current scores for the game with Bibbs with 17, Ethan with 13, and Roke with 10. I just thought that was cool. I don't think I'd ever seen a player do that before. So I thought that was kind of a, kind of a cool thing to see uh, done. So... Roka goes on to answer his two and three. Then it bounces back to Ethan, who also answers his two and three. Then it goes back to Roka for his five-pointer. And unfortunately, he is unable to capitalize, and Roka is eliminated. Uh, So it goes back to William the Beast Bibiani, who answers his two-pointer, pushing it back to Ethan, who is forced to answer his five, which he does. And at this point, even if Roka had answered his five-pointer, he would have been at 20 points. And then if with Ethan, since Ethan did answer his five-point question, that put him up to 23 points, and Roka would have been eliminated no matter what. So really, at that point, it was just a losing endeavor. Um, even if Roka had answered all three of his round three questions, got all 10 of the points, he still wouldn't have, wouldn't have won because Ethan managed to answer all of his uh, round three questions as well. And then Bibbs went on to answer his three-pointer, bringing it down to the five, which he answers, ending the match with Ethan 23, Bibbs 27, and Roka 15. William Bibiani wins the triple threat. And will face off against Dan Merle at some point for the title. Uh, this is fantastic. And I think it's interesting because uh, Bibbs still has another number one contender match in his pocket. Uh, because he w- was the VIP for the uh, free-for-all. And so, even if he had lost this, he could have instantly uh, re- challenged for uh, and requested another uh, number one contender match, and if he doesn't beat Dan Merle for the title, he's still in the title picture because he can get that number one uh, contender match. So it's really interesting because Bibiani and Merle, they're the top two contenders right now. They're the two that made it all the way in the free-for-all, the, the VIP and, and the winner of the free-for-all. So, like, Dan has a title, but if he loses this title to Bibbs, he could, like, just like Bibiani could have with this one, Merle could just turn around and instantly you know, request a rematch uh, using his uh, his win from the free-for-all. So, this, is, this whole thing, it's a whole, it's an interesting time to see what will happen uh, I, I think this is this is uh, Bibiani's year, you know. I really, I mean, yes, he has won the title before, but I think this is going to be Bibbs's year, um, the year of the beast, as you may say. So I'm excited to see uh, how he does. If he gets the title, can hold on to it for a bit, um, and maybe take that number one contender spot and use it for teams or something for him and. Uh, and Whitney, so that could be cool. Maybe he'll become a double-belted champion this year. 
who knows? Um, I, I'm interested to see it, and I'm looking forward to the Bibiani Merle match uh, whenever they decide to do that. So we go into the interviews. I love that Ethan and Janine's team name is the Time Machine. You got Big Time and plus Janine the Machine. It's brilliant. I, I never would have thought. I mean, maybe if I'd sat down, you know, but I don't, I don't know. It never crossed my mind. I don't know if I ever would have really thought of it. It's a brilliant name, the Time Machine. I, I love it. And I can't wait to see their first tag team match. Um, then during Bibbs's interview, we got Brendan crashed Bibbs's interview. Um, and there was a bit more awkwardness, just like before. And here's what got me thinking. It made me wonder what the point of this is. It's got to be leading somewhere. They've now done it twice in this match. It's got to be leading somewhere. There's got to be a point to it. Are they going to try and do like a crazy fan storyline? Uh, for those familiar with the WWE, uh, it made me think of Mickie James when she first came over. Uh, and she was like this huge fan of Trish Stratus. And she wanted to emulate her. And then she kind of became like this crazy stalker. And, and, and everything, and that's what it re, you know really reminded me of was was the Mickey James Trish Stratus stuff from from WWE. So I'm curious, and since Christian you know is is a WWE fan, I'm sure he knows about that storyline, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's taking a little bit of inspiration from that. And uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, like I said, it was, there was a lot of awkwardness going on, so we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll see. So then we get uh, the closing scene for the for the video, and it's Ben Bateman in the back. Mark Andreco comes up to him. Uh, they start talking about their upcoming uh, match. It's the uh, Who's the Boss Odd Couple match that just took place in, at Chicago, um, which is uh, actually up on Patreon right now for all the patrons to check out and will be uh, uploaded to YouTube tomorrow. So be sure to uh, check that one out. Um, Mark thinks that Ben's just playing a part. That the old Ben will eventually show his face and, and come out to play again. So uh, we'll we'll see. This is what I was talking about before. You know, it's whether or not he could stay on the the face path, and and if he were to join the Horsemen, would he turn on them? I, it, it makes me wonder if something like that would happen. So that wraps up uh, the matches for for last week. Uh, next week on Talking Schmodown, I will be covering the live show from Chicago, the aforementioned Who's the Boss versus the Odd Couple match, uh, which I'm excited to talk about, as well as the Star Wars Championship match, Alex Damon versus the winner of the Five Way, which apparently won't be uploaded to Collider. It was supposed to be uploaded um, today, I believe. On uh, 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 on Collider's page, but I guess Lucasfilm requested that they wait another week to post that, which is a bummer because I was looking forward to watching the five way. I've I've been I I don't know if anybody has been talking about it. I hope that nobody's been spoiling it, but I have avoided any sort of spoilers, so I have no idea who actually won the five way, which is good. But I was hoping to be able to watch it. And then watch the Star Wars match and, and be able to cover it all 
uh, on next week's show, but unfortunately that's not the case. I'll I'll just talk about it the, the following week, but... So yeah, so next week's show will be Who's the Boss versus The Odd Couple, which, like I said, is up uh, for all patrons right now and will be up on the YouTube channel tomorrow. And then the Star Wars Championship match, Alex Damon versus the winner of the five-way. I'll also be discussing uh, this week's episode of Inside Schmodown with uh, the manager of The Odd Couple, Roxy Schreier. So that should be a good one. She's always a great person to uh, listen to talk. So thank you again for checking out Talking Schmodown. I, I I love that you guys have been uh, checking it out and, and kind of giving me a little bit of feedback. Please, please, please head on over to my social media accounts, uh, Facebook and YouTube at Merck with a movie movie blog. Uh, I've I've been recently uploading this, the audio to YouTube, so please go over there and subscribe. I'm really trying to build the channel. Uh, so I need the I need you guys to go over there and just hit that subscribe button and check out the vids there. I'm also doing uh, uh, reviews uh, occasionally. I, I think I've only got one up there right now, but I'm going to start putting more reviews up there as well as trailer reactions. I just posted a new trailer reaction for uh, the final trailer for Dark Phoenix. So if you're interested in that, head on over there and check that out. Also, head over to Instagram and Twitter, Twitter especially. I've been real active over there lately. Uh, and uh, at Movie Blog Merc and subscribe there. Uh, you know, hashtag Talkin' Schmodown. It's T A L K I N. Schmodown, no G. Talkin' Schmodown. Hashtag that. Uh, and if you have any questions, use the hashtag, like I said, hashtag Talkin' Schmodown, and uh, I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. Also, check out the other podcast that I produce. It's called After Live. It's a Collider Live after show. Uh, The hosts, uh, Mike, uh, Wade, and Sean, do a fantastic job breaking down the week in Collider Live. Uh, I love uh, love listening to them talk about it while I'm editing the show. So be sure to go over there. Check that out. Also, keep an eye on my website. It's MerkWithAMovieBlog.com. I just recently posted... A review for Pet Cemetery. I'm going to be working on one for Five Feet Apart, as well as the upcoming film uh, Stuber, starring Dave Bautista and uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, I got an early uh, screening for that for tonight, and so I'll be writing a review for that. The film does not come out until July, so it will be a uh, non-spoiler review total until the movie comes out. Uh, when I will then post my uh, actual spoiler review at that time. So keep your eye out on the website for my reviews. I'm going to start doing more and more of those as well. Again, I am Josh the Merc Rayner, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Please uh, share the uh, podcast Head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Also, um, we are now on Google Play and Stitcher. uh, And I am waiting on Spotify to approve the podcast. Uh, So once that's approved, we'll also be on Spotify. So if, uh, if Apple Podcasts isn't the place that you go, you can also check it out, like I said, on YouTube because I'm posting them there. On Stitcher. Google Play, and soon on Spotify. So 
Be sure to share it everywhere you can. Subscribe, rate, review, comment, do all that great stuff. I'll see you next time because we have been talking Schmodown.